pity dog. I'm a man. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. I'd is sitting on a firecracker. And suits so fine, they made Sinatra look like a hobo. It's a fantastic day for the United States of America. It's a Bill King show. Call or text now. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Call us or send us a text on the WNSR text line. 615-844-5600. 615-844-5600. Call or text. Same number. Red 7. I don't know what Red 7 means. Brought to you by Omni Nashville Hotel. Fifth Avenue, downtown. Hot Rock. That's what we call a sack lunch. I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Football, they play the Lions of North Alabama, and then it's the Gators. TJ, what's the game plan? And I don't mean on the field, but just this week, getting ready for an opponent that most everybody on the team's probably never heard of. Yeah, and they're and you know this is no shot at North Alabama, but they're they're an FCS, but they're not they're also not even good. Like they're three and eight at the at the lower level too. So yeah, yeah I mean I think it's you're going to see really limited action from some of your superstars. Um, Florida State doesn't care about oh we got to go out and beat this team by seventy five or or you know we're going to get disrespected. So I, I think it's you know it's senior day, so it's a, the last time that Jordan Travis. And Jared Burst and a lot of those guys are ever going to play inside of Doak. And so I, I think they'll play, uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Keon and Johnny were pretty limited. Um, you, you know, they've been banged up. The offensive line has been banged up. You certainly don't want to risk injury. And you want to get reps for as many of your, your younger guys as you can. Florida State's played some some closer games. I mean, I think they've, they've done fine in, in kind of flexing their muscle, but they've run away with games late. And so, yeah, I think you want to twofold keep guys healthy and uh and get some other guys some reps um because this really is a a two-week stretch um where you're 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 working on getting ready for uf along those lines jim and jupiter ask tj about getting healthy you just touched on that he said specifically offensive line and will robert scott ever play yeah i I think Scott will be back at some point, but yeah, I mean, he's certainly been out for a minute and hasn't been super effective this year, just kind of battling with stuff all season. Um, I mean, I wouldn't bet my life savings that he's back and plays a ton, but I, you know, I would think that, you know, you, you get such a long break off after the ACC championship if you can win your next three games, that, you know, you know, you may see him in the playoff, which would be a big help. Um, yeah, on the offensive line specifically, I, I do. I think they'll. I think they'll rest some guys this week. Um, you probably could dominate 
um, North Alabama with your, you know, eighth through 13th best offensive, you know, lineman grouping. And so I don't necessarily know that they fit their top seven guys or anything like that, but I think you could see a lot of rotation. You could see a lot of young guys in there and, you know, get a lot of guys reps on Saturday to, to kind of try and keep as many people on that offensive line healthy as you can. How much do you look at the Gators this week as a staff? I mean, unfortunately, all the good games are on at the same time. We play at 6.30. That game's at 7.30. There's something else I was looking at that I wanted to watch. It's like the late game, so probably not too much. But, uh, you know, I, I, I am interested in it. You know, one, one thing I'll say is I don't think that team has quit. I mean, they're not very good, uh, especially defensively. Uh, but, you know, they, they've done a good job continuing to fight. You know, what does that look like on a cold Missouri night when you're probably down a couple of scores? It, you know, does that effort stay up? I mean, even if they did have a lack of effort, you know, I, I still think that they'll, they'll come out and kind of give their all at least to start the game against FSU next week. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested in it. You know, I, I, I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibilities that Florida could pull off the upset. I mean, they're not a 24-point dog. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's what, 11, 12, somewhere in there. So, uh, you know, their offense actually looked pretty good last week. I mean, 35 points in Baton Rouge. I know that uh, LSU's not got a great defense, but 35 points in Baton Rouge is still 35 points out there. So, you know, if they – I mean, they're, they're, they don't want to get into a shootout, but, you know, if they get into a shootout, their offense moves pretty well. So, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm very interested in it. You know, I think it's big for recruiting. They end the season losing five straight games. Uh, finish up five and seven in Billy's second year. I mean, they've already had three decommits in the last, what, four or five days. Rumored to be a, another one or two coming. Um, I think that doesn't bode well for him overall. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how they play tomorrow, uh, this weekend for sure. Sam Dog in Middle Georgia wants to know, how is the fan base at Florida State dealing with this return to success? And let me add to it, does this have the same feel to it? As they were building into the '90s, man, I'm 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 going to age myself a little bit here, but I don't know that I can answer that one super well. Right. Um, but I, you know, I think with the recruiting class, it, it does a little bit more so like what what you kind of and again aging myself a little bit, but more so like what you were feeling in like 2010, 2011, 2012, where Florida State was landing like the elite of the elite recruits. And you, you kind of could tell, okay, they're going to be a, a, a national contender for, for a minute. And what's different is in 2010 and 2011, they weren't – I mean, they were fine, right? 2010, I think they went to the Peach Bowl. 2011, uh, I think they played – or 2010, they went to the Citrus Bowl. 2011, they played in the Peach Bowl. 2012, in the Orange Bowl. So there was a progression. But what's different now is that Florida State is – probably going to the playoff while they're doing it. And so they're probably ahead of schedule. But, man, they've got some program changers at uh, you know in this recruiting class, namely K.J. Bolden. I mean, he's a, he's a kid that comes in and, you know, I'll compare him to different different athlete, obviously, but I'll compare him to, to Harold Perkins, right, where he comes in and he changes your defense because of how good he is. Uh, the LSU fans are going to get ticked off that I just said that. But um, – you know, and I, they're they're trying to flip Jeremiah Smith from Ohio State. He's that same kind of guy. If they were able to get him a program changer, you know, five star quarterback in Luke Cromanhawk. and so I think that is the feel. You know, it is the feel of like, okay, well we're we're good now, 
but they're gearing up. I mean, they've got a top three class right now, and they're sitting better for 2025. So if they can start to stack that, and you already know how good they are in the portal, this could be kind of back to that, you know, Florida State's in it every year feeling. Is Florida State the top threat for Jeremiah Smith, as you mentioned, long-time previous commit to Ohio State, and some have ranked the top player in the country? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, uh, and, and he's still he's still committed to, to Ohio State now. So, but I, I think so. I, I don't think I think that winning matters uh, with with these top kids at times. And you know, I think Florida and Miami gave it their best shot, but I don't think they're close. I, I think that you know he wants to play an offense that's that looks competent. That's certainly not Miami. He wants to play for a team that's you know at least competing for a bowl game. That's not Florida. So. I think that if he was to pick anywhere else and, and not wind up at Ohio State, I, I think it's FSU or he stays committed to, to the Buckeyes. Talked about this with Gator Dave probably a month ago. And the conversation went kind of like this. Florida starts losing. Obviously, their defense is absolutely deteriorated. But then... The recruits publicly start decommitting. And this is before this started happening. I said, that is a very ill pathway for Billy Napier. Now, I do think he gets year three no matter what. But it's not looking promising. Yeah, it's tough. I think their strategy was right. I think that you, you know, it was smart to try and get as many guys committed over the summer. There was almost... And I don't mean this as a dig, but from what I was told, like when all those guys were committing over the summer and they had the top three class and they were just, you know, they had a run of what, like three days where they got seven commits. Well, four of those now are decommitted, you know, like they're, they're left with through. But I think that that was still the smart thing to do. Try and capitalize on all the momentum, try and build up all the goodwill. They're still holding on to like the number five class in the country. So it's not falling apart completely yet. So, I think the the idea of kind of high pressure, commit now, watch and see what we're going to do on the field, and then hold on for dear, dear life was the way to go. Because you ain't convincing anybody now to commit to UF. You know, like nobody's no elite prospects are looking at UF at this moment and saying, oh, yeah, I need to go do that. They did a good job of getting LJ McCray before they started this three-game losing streak, what might be a five-game losing streak. And so – I still think it was the right move to, to go out and get everybody and then, like I said, hold on for dear life. But at the end of the day, I mean, you got to win. you you gotta, you got to back it up. And, and I think a lot of the recruits were pretty high on life after they beat Tennessee. Once they got to 5-2, and two, there was a lot of hype around the game in Jacksonville. Florida was even – I think they were fringing on, like, being ranked or maybe they were, like, 25th or something like that in some polls. And so – a lot of excitement there, and the recruits were saying, yeah, this is what they said they were going to do. They were going to be better. They were going to improve. And then since then, obviously they've gone on a three-game losing streak, and they're going to be a double-digit dog you know, this weekend and next. I think the recruits end up saying, like, ah, maybe, maybe this wasn't all we thought it was. So, yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, it, but it happens to everybody, right? You start losing games. You go on a five-game losing streak to end the year. You're going to have some kids start to look around. The, the promises of other schools – you know, become a little bit sweeter, and kids are like, ah, I'm not, I'm not doing this. Sam Dog asks, what's the status of Norvell's contract? He's making about $8 million now, and I just looked it up, TJ. He's good through 26. 
Yeah, and I believe that once he gets the you know to the last couple of years there, he's making over ten million a year. He just got an extension over this off season, so I don't even know if that's the same one. Yeah. Or uh, if there's one that you're seeing, but yeah, I mean he's gonna be making. I mean he's gonna be paid. By the time we get there, it might not be. But they'll probably restructure. I mean, I'm sure Sexton is the one that floated his name for the A&M job on these hot boards so that he can get another raise, and it'll probably work just fine. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think that by the time he gets to 2026, I mean, he'll be a top-10 paid coach in college football. I think he's on target to make more than both Napier and Cristobal uh, here in the next couple of years, in the next year or so, because his contract escalates. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think – I think he's pretty locked in. I don't. I don't. I think they'll do anything they can to to hold on to him and keep him for as long as they possibly can. All right, a quick one here because the music's kicking us off. No, Kevin Chicago. Is Florida State close to flipping McCray, the defensive lineman out of Daytona Beach? Uh, I got a video on that. That's 10 a.m. Check out the YouTube. Like 10 percent right now. I don't think they're super close. Long way to go though. All right, TJ, appreciate it, man. See you next week. Thank you, buddy. Dave Hooker, off the hook sports when we come back. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. It's busy out here in a couple of spots like I-24 westbound, leaving Rutherford County, Murfreesboro, towards Nashville, up through the Hickory Hollow area. It's uh, increased also on 840 around Paytonsville through that section of Williamson County. It's building pretty good on 65 up from Murray County into Williamson. As you come up through the Spring Hill area, it's quite crowded actually going northbound. They're on 65 at 840. Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring at all four locations. Check out that menu today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic it's just a few cocktails at happy hour there aren't any cops around after every game we always have a few it's no big deal it was just a few drinks i'm good hey i can hold my liquor i drink and drive all the time if you put away some drinks put away your keys fans don't let fans drive drunk Brought to you by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. We all know that natural life can get hectic. In the middle of all the madness that is life, don't forget to take care of yourself. Treat yourself to Nashville's ultimate relaxation experience at Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel. With services for men and women, Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel is your one-stop shop for full-body treatment. Begin your experience in the exquisite relaxation room, then enjoy a full-body treatment or even a couple's massage before finishing in the salon. Located on the fourth floor of the Omni Nashville Hotel, Makara Spa is Nashville's highest quality self-care oasis. To book your experience or gain information on packages, call Makara Spa today at 615-761-3600. Again, 615-761-3600. Or log on to theomnihotel.com. And with every booking, you'll have free valet parking and rooftop pool access to enjoy the Music City skyline. And through Labor Day, enjoy the fourth floor spa terrace for only $20. Makara Spa at the Omni Nashville Hotel, 5th Avenue, downtown. 
As a Middle Tennessee-based company, Strike and Spare Family Fund Centers is committed to helping our community. This November, we are honoring our local veterans. Strike and Spare is partnering with We Are Building Lives, a local foundation dedicated to helping veterans get back on their feet. So far, more than 1,100 homeless veterans have been helped off the streets through the We Are Building Lives Foundation. During November, for every $5 donation made to We Are Building Lives, Strike and Spare will give you a free game of bowling. Visit any of our five area Strike and Spare centers to donate or visit strikeandspare.com to donate today and help our heroes find a way home. This is the Greg Fogue and John Burton Show. I'm not surprised, and I think Kevin Byer gets it. Producer Debbie is the, not happy. The, well, she shouldn't be when they ran off Jeff Fisher, that no one was happy about that because everybody loved him. It, it was all business. He's due $14 million next year, okay? Not going to be on the roster next year. Get something for him. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio. College sports. Bill King knows a few things. Hey, hooker. Off the hook sports. On Thursday, joining us. Hey, the best football team in America is coming to Rocky Top, at least until somebody proves otherwise. The best football program is coming to Rocky Top. And Tennessee is coming off another unraveling on the road. What's the status of this team, this program? Well, you know, they say all the right things. The morale is uh, as good as can be. I mean, I don't think it can be great because if you look at the two collapses late in the season, at least last year with the South Carolina game, you could point to Jeremy Banks and, some infighting uh, for this team. You know, Saturday, other than Missouri throwing a defense at Tennessee that they weren't ready for, I mean, what's the excuse and what's the reasoning other than that's just who this football team is? So, as far as morale, um, I think being back at home helps. I think it's a mature team who typically doesn't play two bad games back-to-back. They tend to rebound pretty well if you look at their history. So, given those things, I think Tennessee will play well. That doesn't mean that they'll uh, win, and that doesn't mean that they'll even uh, cover the 10 or so point spread. But uh, I I somehow think they'll play pretty well. The wide receiving core and its health status, what is the latest? Yeah, it's just a fiasco. I mean, they – you know, they weren't as deep as they needed to be uh, at that position, as it turns out, because they're young players, uh, and Chaz Nimrod kind of leads that campaign, haven't developed as much as they need to. Now, this could either be a strength of Josh Heifel's offense, or it could be a, a weakness. It depends on how you want to look at it. He likes to go with his three main guys out there. Now, when one of those three main guys hurt gets hurt, like Brew McCoy, then suddenly you're struggling because I don't think Chaz Nimrod's a natural to fit in there and dictate coverage as a number one wide receiver. And, and frankly, I don't think they had that guy. They toyed with Dante Thornton and putting him at wide out instead of the slot position just a little bit and had some success there. And we've been really hard on Dante Thornton and all folks sports, but 
uh, in the past couple of weeks, it looked optimistic, and now he's out for the remainder of the regular season. So uh, it's about to get a lot tougher because if you look at last year, uh, they, they started with Cedric Tillman. He's a receiver that defense coordinators are scared of. Uh, he dictated coverage, and then in came Brew McCoy, who I've had an NFL scout tell me that he is the best overall NFL prospect on this entire Tennessee football team. So he dictated coverage. Now McCoy gets hurt this year, and you go to Chaz Nimrod. No, no offense against Nimrod, but he's just not a guy who right now at this point in his career scares opposing secondaries. And Squirrel White is a really good receiver. I don't know if he could be – could he be your feature number one receiver? I guess he is, but what level is that? Well, I think it's how you define that. So, like, yeah. going back to last year, I think Tillman and then McCoy dictated coverage to open things up for the slot. So, really, Jalen Hyatt, you know, for the casual eye, you would look and say he's the featured receiver – and he, he caught more balls and accumulated more yards. But I don't know that he was the, the guy that defenses were the most worried about. And and this year, you would like for Brew McCoy to be over at that wideout position that defenses adjust to, and then Squirrel White's open all the time, like Jalen Hyatt was last year. But can you really dictate coverage at the slot receiver position? I, I don't think so. Uh, so I think it's kind of got to be a yeoman's effort of guys have to win one-on-one battles against defensive backs, and these are some of the best defensive backs in the nation. But I think you've just got to win one-on-one battles and, and get open. And, you know, I go back to that, that slant, and I actually thought of you towards the end of the game, the Missouri game, when uh, Squirrel Watts wide open and a slant comes in at about 120 miles an hour and it misses him. And um, you've got to hit those things, too, uh, to keep defenses honest. And so they've got to win one-on-one battles and get open, and Joe's got to hit them in stride. One name, true freshman, and maybe he's just not ready, Nathan Laycock, the receiver. Well, I, I mean, I think that's one of the guys that you've got to scratch your head about a little bit. So, um, And I, I would put Nimrod in that scenario and then um web as well so you look at these guys that were pretty highly talented and why are they not ready yet well i think one of uh, josh heifel's strengths is also a weakness he wants to settle on those three wide receivers and they're going to get the most reps in games they're going to get the most reps in practice and that's how he likes to do things so for those that don't know they don't sub during a drive so you can't put one guy in and get him a couple of snaps. And he showed last year that he likes to stick with his main three. Um, I think that works a lot, and I think it's smart. I think it's the way David Cutcliffe helped Tennessee's offense get back to prominence in the uh, mid-2010s. But I I don't know that it helps you build depth. So it's a double-edged sword. It helps you in one regard but can kind of hurt you on the flip side, and I think now, especially with Thornton out, Brew McCoy in September, you're seeing that Tennessee hasn't doesn't have the developed depth behind those guys. Tim in Huntsville wants to know. There's a big list, Dave, of 
players that could come back. They could leave as well. I mean, a big list which will dictate roster management. I know we're not to the end of the regular season, and you've talked a little bit about Mays because you know him, but what's your best estimate with that grouping coming and going? Well, I think you would hope, and th- there are two ways to go about coaching nowadays in, in college football, I believe, and I think it's pretty simple. You're Alabama or you're Kirby Smart. Will you say, listen, when you're recruiting a kid, you say this is going to be a tough place to play. It's not for everybody. It might be two years before you play, but, and here's the big but, you're going to be ready for the NFL. Whereas I think other programs fall under the Tennessee category, and that's kind of the kumbaya category. Um, it's a good culture. Uh, you feel good about playing for Tennessee, and I think that opens the door for guys to make decisions that are 50-50 and return to the program. Uh, it, it better because you just mentioned Mays as one, but there are a lot of other guys um, a long list that Tennessee would love love to come back and kind of bridge that gap that seems to be out there on Tennessee's roster between Pruitt guys who had major impacts uh, like uh, Hyatt Hooker last year, and then there seems to be a little bit of a dip before you get to some of the better uh, Josh Heupel guys. So. You, you hope that feel-good culture brings those guys back for another year, and you hope NIL money uh, brings people back. So not to get sidetracked, but people ask me about Walter Nolan, the defensive tackle at Texas A&M. Could he come back to Tennessee where he played uh, high school football for the Mighty Panthers, my alum, um, Powell High School? Could he come back? Well, yeah, but he's, he's evaluated by on three at $500,000. So he would, I would imagine, have to leave NIL deals for the Aggies and uh, come back to Tennessee. Now, that being said, Tennessee uh, has some good NIL deals in place for the guys that we're talking about that have a year of eligibility. So maybe, I know it's not quite NFL money, but maybe that's one of the enticements to come back for another season. Wrigley Field vault. Bill asked Dave why defensive coordinator Tim Banks completely changed his defensive philosophy from aggressiveness to passive. And please don't say because of the injury to Hayden. <laughs> you beat me on that one. Yeah. Uh, I think that I do. I do think that was a small factor. Okay, right. so I. But um, I think, yeah, I think that when you look at Tim Banks and what he's done, he's he's still in the process of having to surprise some opposing offenses. I I have been surprised by the fact that they've been a little bit less aggressive. However, with the Missouri game in particular, I mean, some of that has to fall on Tennessee's players that lost gap integrity. I mean, I don't think he, he taught anybody in the week before the Missouri game, to lose gap integrity, uh, let, let a running back who physically is probably about the 12th best in the SEC uh, run for all kinds of yards, let a quarterback break contain on a regular basis. I don't think he, he taught him to do that. Listen, last 
Last week was about a couple of things. Tennessee got out coached because uh, Missouri brought out a totally new looking defense that they weren't prepared for, but they also got outplayed. I mentioned a couple of the issues that Tennessee had from a defensive standpoint. So is some of that Banks's fault? Yes, but I think Tennessee's players carry a lot of the blame. They're defensive players for what happened in Columbia. Do you think Hypo will do anything staff-wise, for example, the secondary? Well, I mean, if you look at uh, Willie Martinez, he's the only guy who doesn't have a contract after this year, and I don't know that he absolutely loves uh, being a defensive coach in the staff because you're you're put under such pressure by the offense when it's running like it should, uh, i.e. last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a change at that position. Again, he's the only one that didn't get a contract extension past this year, and he also got the smallest raise. So whether or not he wants to leave or because he doesn't like being a defensive coach with this offense that uh, you have to be ready and play 85 plays for, or Tennessee wants to make a change, I don't think that that, that move would be surprising in the offseason at all. Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Mike the Mad Dog down in Noonan, Georgia, wants to know how fast is Nico picking up the offense and would he be ready if Milton went down? Well, it is funny that you – I uh, brought that up because I visited with Jacob Warren, Tennessee tight end. If you go to offthehooksports.com, he, he said that he has gained uh, several pounds and he's noticeably different. Uh, those, they're road roommates, uh, Jacob Warren and uh, Nico are. So uh, I, I was told from the get that size aside and frailty aside that he was ready to play as early as August or September, but that that was a concern and that this is Joe Milton's team. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to get some exact numbers about how much weight he's put on, but uh, uh, Jacob Warren said it's clear, clear that he is uh, put on more weight and that, yeah, he's probably still a little too thin, but I'll go back to Peyton Manning was thin, Casey Clawson was thin, so, I mean, they're not going to make a change at this point. I think that die's been cast, but I would have played him earlier in the season despite uh, being thin. And uh, But as far as being an elite playmaker, uh, Jacob, is the, the, he has no doubt that he's going to be that guy. I uh, just uh, thinks he needs to add a few more LBs. Another question here. We've probably got a minute and a half. And I guess I've asked you this the last several weeks, but we're about two weeks and change from the portal. Any juicy rumors, anything that you can point to to date? And, again, they can't even be in the portal yet. Yeah, I haven't. Um, I've done some digging on that. I've asked around, and I, I mentioned the Walter Nolan thing. Um, yeah, I don't know right now. I think there will be a different philosophy. I, I'll tell you that. I think that. Uh, like a McAllen Castle is a guy for, that goes from a smaller program and goes up will be more along the lines of what they try to do. I think they would love to address the linebacker position and the offensive line position uh, first and foremost. But as far as solid names, I haven't heard of any. I watch for an A&M guy, Nolan or not, 
for them to make a strong push for. And then watch for Florida. Uh, I'm, I'm hearing rumors that guys are going to want to bounce for Florida. We've already seen some of it, but that those numbers could be startling big. So there are a lot of players that have lost faith in Billy Napier, I'm told. So uh, watch for some transfers that could come from within the SEC. Maybe 20 seconds. Royal Payne, is there a concern, he asked, about teams figuring out Heupel's offense? I think there is. I think if you have elite talent, you can figure it out and still get 60 hung on you. So I don't think they have elite talent this year as far as Joe Milton fitting into the system. And I think that's what's hamstrung them more than any other figuring out of an offense. Running back and defensive line look to be strengths in the future, though, I would think. Look to be what? You broke up just a little bit. Strengths in the future. Yeah, very very much so. I definitely agree. Off the hook sports, and that's where they can go order your book, correct? Absolutely. Celebrate 98, 25th anniversary. Welcome to people. Check it out. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. All right. Dave Hooker. Top of the hour, Rusty Manziel. On three, right there in Georgia. Dude knows it inside now. Omni Nashville holds it. Good morning. There is a couple of accidents out here. Still running slow on Vietnam Vets coming westbound at Conference Drive, especially coming through Hendersonville. Still wants to uh, load up pretty good on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area coming in from Rutherford County. There's been a couple of minor accidents out here the last few minutes. Most have been moved over to the side like that when we had 40 eastbound near 440 over on the west side. Get rid of that old junk car today by calling Cash for Junk Cars Boswell Toy. Call 615-979-7897. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Jackson Boone Racing. The youngest driver at age 19 to win the coveted Pro Late Model Series Championship at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Jackson Boone Racing. A local kid and Page High graduate who's been winning races since he was eight years old. Jackson Boone Racing. Come join Red Street Records and Roy's Meat Service along with the Boone Group, a market leader for your home financing needs. In supporting this rising star, visit JacksonBooneRacing.com to see how you can be a part of the journey and join us running up front. Jackson Boone Racing. Located at 5410 Murfreesboro Road in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers is one-stop shopping for all your liquor, beer, and wine needs and has been a multiple winner annually in the Best of Rutherford County voting for Best Liquor Store and Top Wine Shop. Featuring the lowest prices, the best customer service with unsurpassed knowledge, City Slickers offers the largest craft beer selection in Rutherford and southeastern Davidson counties and has beer on tap at its Growler Filling Station. 
City Slickers also sells mixers, sodas, snacks, tobacco products, and the Tennessee Lottery, and can place special orders and assist with all your events and even wedding planning. Make sure you follow City Slickers on all their social media or just give them a call at 615-280-7469. That's 615-280-7469. Located in the heart of Laverne, City Slickers. Woods Equipment Company would like to recognize and salute our veterans and local men and women in uniform. Let's remember them with our thoughts, prayers, and especially letters and packages from home. Our support will keep America strong. This important message is courtesy of Woods Equipment Company at 600 Davidson Street in Nashville, where they feel our area is a great place to live and raise a family. Call Woods Equipment Company at 615-256-5639. The Tennessee State Tigers riding in the first winning season since 2017 close out the regular season Saturday at Nissan Stadium against longtime rival Tennessee Tech in a matchup in the new Big South OVC Alliance. Hello, this is Greg Pogue inviting you to join former Titans wide receiver Chris Sanders and me on the game broadcast Saturday right here on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR. Pre-game show at 1.30, kickoff at 2. That's Tennessee State versus Tennessee Tech in the season finale Saturday afternoon right here on Nashville Sports Radio. Body clock is set to college football and nothing else. It's Bill King. You are listening to the Bill King Show, the only college football radio show proven to make you smarter. Need to remember when. These coaches get unhired. NCAA rules are that the players immediately on that roster have 30 days in their own portal. It's not the same as the portal coming up here the Monday after the championship weekend, conference championship weekend. Totally separate. Michigan State, I guess their portal would be over, though, right? think so. Although there's another one. So basically, if your coach gets unhired during the season, your head coach, you get that portal, and then you get the other portal. You get the one coming up in December, which now is down to 30 days. I believe it goes all the way to, like... January the 2nd or 3rd, something like that. But it's a 30-day window now instead of 45 last year. And then there's that spring 15-day window opportunity. Mississippi State players, and I think several, three, four of them, announced on Wednesday they were getting in the portal and are available. One of them was posting stats and clips. Yeah, I mean, an SEC dude. <laughs> it's all legit. That's a new rule. A couple of years. What's that rule? It's this year two of that rule. It's a relatively new rule. And now think about it from an A&M point of view. The only problem with the A&M 
point of view is those kids are so well taken care of in most cases that I don't know I don't think you can poach A and M's players which there'd be a lot of attractive opportunities with that roster if you could poach them and seduce them with money. I don't know that you could go to Walter Nolan, and again, he played his senior year in Knoxville. He's not from Knoxville. He's from the Memphis, northern Mississippi area, but he played his last year at Powell High School in Knoxville. And so there's that connection. What if is Tennessee poaching him? I'm sure Tennessee would love to have him, but are you going to be able to attract him based on money because A&M can do whatever and it's – it's all on the up and up, right? I mean, it's this is the real world we're in now. Now, Tennessee Spires group is supposed to be maybe the best collective out there, but I don't know that you can take the A&M kids that you'd want to poach and completely woo them because of the money. You'd have to woo them with the promise of, okay, we've got the money that you're already making. We can do that, but you're in a better situation here. You can win or something. And we don't even know they haven't met their new head coach yet because there is no new head coach. Sometimes the new guy comes in and everybody becomes just, wow, I'm staying, baby. This guy fired me up. That can happen to players too. That absolutely can happen to players. Let's say, and I'm just making this one up, but what if Mike Elko was announced? As the coach. Now, I don't know how many of those players, you'd have to be older to know him, but some of them would know him. But let's say he goes in there, meets with the team, says, here's what we're going to do. And for you guys on defense, man, that's my side of the ball. We're, we're about to kick some serious tail here. And they have the personnel to do that. I don't know how much poaching you're going to be able to do. We'll see. We'll see. I don't. I don't know. But I don't know if it's as easy, particularly in their situation, just saying we're going to come get some of those dudes. Good luck. Yeah, good luck. No, Kev said, Bill, the purple Vandy people removed the interim tag on the head coach. You know, he's, what? what is he, five and five? I, why not? What, what are you going to do with Northwestern? I think this guy's probably earned the right to be the head coach and have that interim tag removed. We'll see if he can maintain anything there. The chances of maintaining there are negligible, right? As well as that guy seems to have stabilized the Evanston, Illinois program, the chances of him maintaining and stabilizing that over three, four, five years is 10% maybe. And again, that's complimenting what he's done today. Give that guy the credit he's due. But the bigger picture, let's, let's get a wider span of things, right? Let's, 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 let's take the scope and broaden it out to about 2026, 2027. What are the chances that he's maintaining where he's at right now? He's five and five out three, four, five years. And the answer is slim and none. That's the only problem. Yes, it's probably the right thing to do in the moment, 
big picture, it probably doesn't matter. I know that's harsh, but it's just true. It probably does not matter. You're just rearranging chairs on the Titanic. Deck chairs on the Titanic, you're rearranging them. Why? It's about to go down. What's the point? I don't know. Just thought I'd rearrange these chairs right here. Not only is it the B1G, a tough league, but you're bringing in some monster dudes. Oregon, UW, the Trojans, whoever the new guy is at UCLA, if indeed Chip is unhired. It's get, it gets way worse. You can't hide in that Western Division anymore either. See, that's another item. It's going to get way worse for Northwestern. Omni Nashville Hotel. Good morning. Still pretty crowded out here through Hermitage right now as we stare at it live on 40 westbound at Central Pike. All that traffic continues to build in from uh, Wilson County, Mount Julian area, headed towards Hermitage. Still a little bit slow, sometimes with that heavy volume on 24 west up through Antioch, in from Rutherford County. Uh, still a lot of volume coming down Vietnam. Vets westbound right now through Hendersonville, headed towards Conference Drive. And then you get on to 65. That can run slow sometimes. Certain pockets there on 65 south through uh, Madison. Hey, Prince's Hot Chicken is hiring in all four locations. Check them out today at princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Do you want to work at the OG of Hot Chicken, Princess Hot Chicken Tanker? Outlet Mall, 4060 Cane Ridge Parkway, Suite 102 in Antioch. Princess is looking for fun, energetic, and friendly smiling faces as food runners and cashiers. They're also looking to create an amazing culinary team to carry on the Princess tradition. Interested in working in a great environment with great hourly wages? Submit a resume to Princess Hot Chicken AFH at gmail.com or fill out an application on the Princess Hot Chicken website. That's princesshotchicken.com. PrincessHotChicken.com When you've experienced the loss of a loved one, you can trust SAG Funeral Home to guide you through the process of honoring their life. At SAG Funeral Home, they pride themselves in serving families in Nashville and surrounding areas with dignity, respect, and compassion. The staff is experienced in a variety of funeral services and can help you celebrate your loved one, no matter your religion, culture, or budget. Family and veteran-owned funeral home and cremations now are handled all in one location. We'll help create a personalized experience to pay tribute to your loved one's unique life. Ask about the pre-planning service as well. SAG Funeral Home, serving Nashville and Middle Tennessee for over 40 years. In your time of need, you need someone you can trust who can provide comfort to your family in a very professional way. SAG Funeral Home, 1503 Buchanan Street. Call today, 615-244-5044. 615-244-5044. SAG Funeral Home, for comfort and care in your time of need. SAG Funeral Home, proud sponsor of TSU football on WNSR. 
Attention high school sports fans, are you an armchair official? You know, the parent or fan who constantly yells at the referees and loves to let everyone know just how bad you think they are. Well, if you think you could do better, then get in the game and prove it. It's time for you to suit up and make the calls where they actually count. Every sport in Tennessee needs more officials. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. It's a Bill King Show. We are college football centric. That is the sun that warms our planet that we live on. Our planet actually isn't flat or round. It's an oblong spheroid. And we are here to proselytize about it, edify it every day on this here radio show. Weekday mornings beginning at 6 on Sports Radio 560 on 95.9 FM. The old BCS computer runs on diesel fuel and dreams. We know this because it lives in Bill King's garage. J.C. Sherbert in that third hour. Georgia Dog down on the Emerald Coast says, it's one thing to coach up a group of hungry three stars, maybe a couple of four stars like Duke or perhaps like Billy Napier than it is to keep a bunch of five-star egos, keep them happy. Two different levels of coaching. Yeah, it is. If you're a recruiting school, meaning a recruiting rankings school, that's good. Bringing in dudes is good. Maintaining that ecosystem isn't easy. And it can actually get toxic, depending on the egos involved, right? You're bringing in guys that have been told since at least junior high just how good they are. Every step of the way, they're the best dude. They're not used to anything else. Everybody, the recruiting rankings, all their buddies, their families, their girlfriend, whoever. Everybody's patting them. boy. you're good, man. You've always been the dude. And people react to... The next level, different ways. And a locker room can be a very delicate ecosystem. Kirby Smart obviously knows how to do this. I think Nick Nick Saban knows how to do it. That's hard, man. It's hard. You can't keep all the – you would have to literally go see a shrink if you got up every day trying to figure out how to make everybody happy. That's not possible. But you have to maintenance all of that stuff, right? You have to be able to maintain 
and progress and then have people believe in you. Okay, you're not getting the love you need right now. If you hang with us, it's coming. Kirby said to do that. And see, now, though, Kirby has these years of success at the highest level, and he can point to all these examples, which he'll do from time to time in a press conference. This guy had to wait. Look what happened. Look what happened when he got his chance, and now look where he is. He's in the NFL. Yeah, that's, that's very true. It's, it's, it's one thing to have a locker room full of a bunch of guys who – on the college level, have really not been told much as far as how good they are. you got to overachieve. I need you to overachieve. You're not as better as that dude over there on the other team. Need you to overachieve. Need you to outwork everybody. Get in the weight room 25 hours a day. We need you to do all these things. That's a very good point. Yeah, very good point. Buckeye Brenda, this is funny. Bill, did you hear TTUN, that team up north, changed their mascot yesterday. Now they're officially known as the Cheetahs. Get it? Do do you see what I did there? Do you see? Well, do you see what she did there? I'm just reading it. Officially now known as the Cheetahs. Now, see in the south... There's no way anybody would say cheater, but pronounce it cheetah, right? You'd probably have to go up north somewhere, not not even in the Midwest, Big Ten country. You'd have to go over where Rutgers is to get that kind of pronunciation on there. (laughs) Clyde up in Detroit, who's a Michigan fan. Bill, never forget that Joe Milton – Lost his starting job to Cade McNamara at Michigan. He was the reason we lost to Sparty during the COVID year. He couldn't hit water with a paddle in the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> well, but but you're not. Wait a minute. You're not in the Pacific. You're you, that would be Lake Michigan up there where you're at, right? Kind of, kind of, kind of that area. Who'd you say, Patton? All right. Jim, welcome in, sir. So, Billy, I want to put the final period on Jimbo Fisher's career. Now, you remember when Jimbo left, he didn't say goodbye to his players at FSU. He just left, not thank you to the administration. No, thank you for the fans. Thank you for setting up a foundation to help his sick kid. No, you know, thank you for making me head coach and waiting and pushing out Bowden, which we all know Bobby had to go, but you push out a legend to give him the job, nothing from the guy. Just a just trashy move. On the way out, he trashes the program, you know, trashes everything about us. Well, it's coming out now that old Jimbo was told well before that game that he would be fired, and after he talked to his team, after he and I'm going to send you the video there. He talked to his team. I doubt you've seen it. He's he's just a dead man. He's 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 a beaten man. And AM did not allow him to say goodbye to his players. They said, "Get the hell out of here, Jimbo. You're not speaking to anybody because you're a loser." See I saw the clip. Yes, it's it's 
it's on Twitter. I saw the clip. He just addresses the team and talks about the future kind of, but yeah. But nothing about him losing his job. Rusty, when we come back. When you're famous, you can just go by the first name. Rusty from on three when we continue. AM 95.9 FM Brentwood Nashville 107.9 FM Smyrna Nashville's first 24-hour sports station. 